Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> Recorded live. Recorded live in, in several unsavory domiciles and whatnot. This is the 5-Minute Major. This is Mason. I will be your host tonight. I'm with an, an interesting assortment of our typical crew, plus a a special guest. So we'll get to that in a second. But let's uh, let's get around to Nick in New York. How are you doing tonight, Nick? I am doing fantastic, Mason. How about yourself? I'm fantastic. Can you summarize your recent family vacation in about 15 words? Kiowa, South Carolina. Lots of fun and seafood. I, I wasn't even counting. I I was I I don't know why I even asked that. So, but that, that sounds like, sound del- sounds delightful. It was good. Good. And also we got doubles. Uh, which which driving? Which uh, fast food driving are you in tonight? Doubles. I don't know why you'd say something like that, Mace. We ate every <laughs> meal at home this weekend. <laughs> well, is that a streak? Smoked a ten pound pork butt. I'll be eating that for the next three months, and uh, we'll go from there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, And to our special guest, uh, if you follow him on Twitter or or follow – if you just search for F-bombs, you'll probably find him. Um, But his Twitter handle is uh, Drunken Carney, I believe, if that's not just your title. Uh, But we have Justin Justin on the show tonight, special guest. Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, Thank you for having me. And I think it's fair to say, and somebody jump in here too, but I believe our, our entire uh, idea to have you on the show came from just you know, kind of random Twitter conversations where trading F-bombs and uh, giggling like uh, you know little girls about stuff that happens during wild games. Is, is that fair to say? That would be uh, perfectly fair to say. Uh, maybe even doing it a little bit too much justice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. And then on top of that, uh, discoveries were made, and um, you know it's it it was learned that uh, the the two of us, Justin, uh, uh, go deep into some pretty dorky shit, uh, with playing and whatnot. And um, we'll probably have a spin up the po- spin off podcast uh, just about that, um, but we won't bore anybody with that tonight, unless they piss us off. Unless Doubles pisses us off, then we can then we can launch into trying to explain to him what to hit armor class zero means. How's that sound? The thirteenth side life. major. <laughs> High likelihood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone, get your twenty-sided die out. At some point, we might be uh, studying them. Um, but first, um, as there, there, we there, there now. <laughs> call recording has completed. Um, but first, why don't we get into some some wild stuff uh, as we typically expect from this time of year? I mean, obviously, the playoffs are somehow still going, and Jesus Christ, they'll still be going for at least another three weeks, right, into June. Um, ridiculous, but that's that's the, the nature of our, our sport that we love. Uh, but the Wild are out of it, as we all, you know, also unfortunately are used to, and it's been a little bit quiet for uh, uh, Wild News lately. Um, 
but, you know, obviously with uh, Coach Boudreau uh, hiring recently, all eyes have kind of turned to, to Mike Yo and um, what what to expect from that. Uh, I, I believe on our last cast, um, we talked a little bit about it um, and how he might have hamstrung himself. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's not really a, a bad thing, but he's overseas coaching in the in the world and doing pretty well. So, um, but uh, from the last reports, he's not been picked up by anybody. So, what what do you guys think, Nick? Uh, any any thoughts on Mike Yo over the last few weeks after having probably not thought of Mike Yo for a while? Yeah, I mean, I, ha- I was uh, I, I'll admit I hadn't thought much about the idea of whether or not being in Russia and communications and time changes and whatnot might have impeded his ability to land an NHL job until doubles brought it up last time we spoke. Uh, but that at least seems to be a possibility um, based on what we've heard Russo and some others talking about uh, in terms of the conversations lately. So that's interesting. I think, um, you know, it's, it's, it's important to remember that he is still under contract to the Minnesota Wild for next season. So his fallback could be some sort of a job within the organization, be it scouting or something like that. Um, so I don't know that, that not landing one of the remaining head coaching jobs is a death knell for him in his burgeoning blood, you know, his, his uh, growing career status here, but um, I'm sure he would be interested in coaching. And as you pointed out, a, a, a now championship turn at the world's, uh, you know, certainly isn't going to hurt him. So Justin, um, let's, so if, if Mike Yo at some point is making the decision or, or, you know, was asked to, you know, go coach the world or help coach the coaching staff, it does, does he actually weigh his options? Like, well, yeah, absolutely. That's great experience. I'm going to go, I'm going to go help the, the coaching staff. Or does he, you know, is it, is it actually a, an argument in his head, do you think? Or, or if I do that, I won't be available maybe to take a, a coaching job in the NHL. Uh, is that a? Do you think that's a possibility, or did you just jump on uh, jump on the opportunity to go to the world? Actually, I think right now he might have the oper- you know the the benefit of you know as Bruce Boudreau did of being the cream of the crop. I think he's got his choice and place to go. Uh, Calgary has had plenty of time to find somebody else if they weren't interested in Mike Yo. Looking, uh, uh, Anaheim has had just as much time as you know Boudreau did. They, you know they can take anybody. He'd already signed on to coach uh, Canada there and, and Worlds, so uh, it's quite possible that he's basically got his choice. I think he's got a shot at uh, St. Louis if Hitchcock gets fired. Although I think Hitchcock's going to be safe after making to the, to the uh, Western Conference Finals, yeah, uh, and and pushing a very good Sharks team, even though they they seem to be shorting over the last game or two, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but I think he's. I, I think he's actually got a got a shot at uh, a real legitimate shot at being a head coach right away again. And I think the the teams that are out there waiting for him are willing to give him the time that he needs to finish up the worlds and get back home and then uh, see if he's got a decision to make. Uh, yep. In Calgary, I, oh sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I think in Calgary he'd be okay. Uh, he's. I think one of his biggest failures in Minnesota was he relied too heavily on the veterans. He wouldn't give the young guys a shot. Jason Zucker and, and Eric Holler were in the doghouse for completely inexplicable reasons. One one big mistake, and it was bench, and that was it. You know, there was right. no having it for him. He it was the veterans or nothing. Yeah, uh, he may suffer from that in Calgary, but they've got a ton of youth. He'd be forced to rely on them. <laughs> 
and he'd be forced to learn and grow with them. So I think he'd he'd actually do okay in Calgary, although because uh, one thing they've lacked is structure and systems, and he's actually really good system-wise. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I mean, like, the, the, it's weird, though, I, and I think this is where we've said maybe before that there was some pressure from upper management or, you know, ownership and whatnot. Uh, he obviously did pretty well during his years in Iowa with youth, and then there was a lot of youth on the wild and some of the same youth, but uh, the, the the problem he seemed to have or at least was forced into is that healthy balance of, running with youths or playing the veterans and who knows what the conversations were really like, but that seemed to certainly be a, a difficulty for him. So um, moving, moving on to doubles with the same topic. Um, what do you think though doubles, uh, is it, is it actually turning out to be maybe a, a good move for yo? I mean, like we said, he's probably got the, his pick of whatever team he wants to go to, but maybe there weren't the teams that he wants to go to just yet. Well, while he was making that decision to go to the world or not. What, what, what do you think is going on in Yo's head or at least during, during that decision-making time? Um, I, think he's, I think he's confident that he'll get another gig. Um, maybe, not, maybe not as soon as he had hoped um, right out of the gate. But uh, I, I think he's going to land on his feet somewhere. He's going to be fine. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what Calgary does uh, so they're opening. I think they're going to probably take a, take a good look at him. Um, but Yo's got a lot going for him, and I am certain that that he'll end up with a gig. And if he doesn't get one, you know, if he doesn't get the Calgary gig or anything else this summer, you know he's going to be on the short list of teams that falter out of the gate this fall and uh, – yeah, there always seems to be an early season firing or two, and you know you go on the short list for any of those gigs that open up. So I think he's going to be just fine. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, and uh, as a, a nice little transition, let's talk about our, our new coach who replaced Mike Yo, uh, Boost Boudreau. Reports are that over the weekend, uh, Boudreau had his, uh, uh, I hope there were individual meetings, but he had meetings with uh, his captains, uh, at the very least, uh, Parisi and Suter. And when we were talking about that pre pre show, uh I think everyone started salivating as to wishing they were a fly on those walls, uh in those meetings to what what could those those meetings be like? So Nick, what do you think? Um what do you think <laughs> what do you think a guy like Boudreaux would have to say to a guy like uh Suter and uh, knowing Suter's entrenched position within this organization? Uh <laughs> <laughs> so many options. Um, you know, I, I, I think, he, look, I, I hope, I hope that he comes in establishing right up front, look at, you know, we need to work together. I want to, you know, figure out what, how we can have a good relationship and this and that. But on the, the, at the same time, um, I'm, I'm, I'm the coach and you're not. And that's the, that's the bottom line. And, and if and and just to set that up and see what Suter's reaction is, and I can't imagine that Suter's reaction right off the bat would be anything other than "Yep, understood, loud and clear." And then in the back of his mind, I think the fear is that Suter's thinking, "Yeah, fuck that. We'll work that out." And you know, once once we get a little bit closer to the season, I'll have you know, I'll I'll talk to Craig's kid and he'll talk to Papa and <laughs> and we'll get this shit straightened out. You know, that that's the fear. 
But you know, I, like I said, I don't, I don't, th- I think right off, the, right away, Studer would certainly pay lip service to that. Is my it, to that being, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. I'm with you, ten four, uh, right off the bat there. Um, that's, I don't know. That's... And then, and then Boudreaux looks down at the, uh, the, the desk, the desktop, and there's a, a phone on speaker, wondering if Craig Leopold's on the other end of the line, joining the meeting with them. Yeah, exactly. Not. He's, uh, he's got some, you know, Israeli intelligence bug, you know, on his glasses or something like that. And he's listening <laughs> to the whole fucking thing. <laughs> Look at Boudreaux more. Look at Boudreaux. I can't hear him. Uh, anyway, <laughs> a little spy talk there. Um, anyway, so doubles. What do you what do you think? Um, what what about anything to add on Suter or what do you what do you think a conversation would be like with uh, incoming Boudreaux and Parisi, who is had a rough season uh, by most accounts and and probably doesn't feel too good about any of, of what happened over last season. Yeah, I I don't really know about Scooter. I mean, obviously, you know, whatever crap went on backstage last season, that stuff has got to be addressed one way or another. And the reality of Parisi and Tudor's contract situation is they are going to be around far longer than probably the next three wild coaches. <laughs> Especially if they so, ever get bought out. <laughs> so whatever Jedi mind trick uh, Boudreaux can, can put over on Suter is obviously going to be advantageous, but the fact of the matter is with those contracts and sports in this day and age, we all know the tail wags the dog, so I, somehow Boudreaux's got to get Suter to buy into the fact that, hey, I've never had a defenseman that played more than 24 minutes a game, and you're sure as hell not going to be on the ice for an entire two-minute power play, right. if at all. So uh, good luck, Bruce. I mean, just jump in here for a second. I mean, right off the bat, what could be going on in Super's mind right now that he doesn't like? I mean, he got rid of the coach he didn't like, or he participated in that. Um, he got rid of a second coach that he didn't like, uh, you know, or at least he participated in that. Um, he's got a coach who, you know, has success and is a little bit harder to push around. He's got experience. Um, you know, I mean, the, the glass... You know, as full, as half full as my suitor glass could get, is that you know he's got a pretty decent situation right now. As far as as long as he has to have a coach behind him, you know this is this has got to be one that that rings some bells for him. No, you think uh, it's, it's tough no matter what. But Justin, what do you think? You want to jump in on on this uh, subject of uh, how Boost Brudro uh, handles Suter and Prezi? I, honestly, I, I suspect it's uh, not nearly as, as sinister or conspiratorial as, as everybody's making it out to seem as far as uh, the uh, Parisi and Suter are the wild star players. They're the, you know, the $98 million contracts in 13 years. He's probably just going, hey, this is the kind of system I coach. How do you see yourself fitting into that? And mm-hmm. that's probably as simple as that. It's too soon for, okay, now this is bullshit. Let's fucking you know, <laughs> get <laughs> We don't even know each other. They can't already hate each other. So Bruce Gaudreau is the first guy to, to uh, you know, he's the first coach that's not coming out of the system already, learning the same hockey or teaching the, preaching the same hockey that uh, they've basically been learning since Lemaire. Yeah. Uh, so it's, this is, he's an unknown factor. It's not 
you know, half the team doesn't know him already. It's nobody knows him. It's yeah. he's known to be a good coach and it's that simple. It's the professionals. I think they're going to act accordingly and, you know, try and make the best of it. And I think uh Parisi's going to do really well under, under Boudreaux. I think the team's going to do really well under Boudreaux. He's a proven winner. You know, he may not uh, get those, uh, those game sevens, <laughs> but who cares? Because that's ultimately it's a coin flip. When mm-hmm. you get down into deep in the playoffs in the game seven, it's a coin flip, one fluky bounce, and that's it. He just had seven fluky bounces in a row. It just happens. Uh, so I honestly think it's it's nothing nearly as sinister or conspiratorial. I think it's just a, hey, this is the kind of system I'm talking about. I just want to get to know you a little bit. You know, what do you like to do on the weekend? <laughs> you know, I think that's <laughs> all it is. Jesus, who invited the voice of reason? We don't do logic here. <laughs> we do f bombs only. Uh, yeah, well, I, I'll get to those. I'll get to those. Okay, keep in mind, have a couple more beers. Come on. <laughs> f bombs and, and nonsensical rants are welcome here. Logic <laughs> and rational thought has no place. I, I've had a few. One thing I uh, like: Parisi's injury uh, and the treatment plan that they had for that. They had him playing on that for a month before they finally took him out and said, "Oh, I can't do it anymore." After finally getting it you know, getting injured worse. I think Minnesota is horrible at pressing players back into play that aren't ready to go. But, and I've, you, you guys have seen me rant on that numerous times uh, on Twitter. I've, I've blown up on that shit over and over and over again. Yeah. It's, it's tough too. Like you think if, uh, if a guy can come back a little early, you, you would have thought it would have been crazy, especially the way he's playing pre- previous, but, yeah, we've we've seen it time and time again backfire on us. Uh, that, that just sucks. But uh, uh, Justin, let's stay with you. Um, what what do you think? What do you think a uh, conversation would be like with Boudreaux and, and Koivu, the, the captain of this team? Um, arguably, Koivu was our most consistent player. Uh, you know, did very well for a long time. I think a little streaky at the end there, but. What do you think? Uh, what do you think Boudreaux is asking of Koivu in, in their sort of in, interview, their initial interview? Yeah, Boudreaux is a lot more of an has an aggressive system, a lot more so than we've seen under Torchetti, that we've seen under Yo, that we saw under uh, uh, Todd Richards. Richards. Yeah, Todd Richards. <laughs> Todd fucking Richards. <laughs> and the, the, all three of these guys that coach the exact same system. It's the same fucking hockey. So. Yeah. Uh, it, it, Boudreaux is a lot more aggressive. He attacks the puck. His his back check is attacking. Everything is about attacking. And he's, I think he's trying to work. He's going to try and, you know, Koivu is very, very, very responsibly defensively, but he can attack. Um, he's not the biggest point scorer. He is he's a distributor. And I think if you pair him with somebody that can attack, they're going to be just fine. At the very least, it seems to me that his main usage in an attack-attack system is, like you said, you know, the reliable one and let the other two attack or, or mm-hmm. you know, like his MO kind of uh, over those that past many years has been his board battling and getting it out to somebody, distributing, like you said, uh, out to somebody who's ready for it. So um, hopefully, you know, he's still got some spark in the legs to, to keep up with an attack system. Uh, I'm sure rooting for him, so... Um, let's see. Moving on. 
we got uh we had a conversation about uh our new staff and Bruce Boudreaux. I'm never I'm never gonna be able to say that goddamn nope. name right. Never I'm just gonna throw that out there right now and apologize beforehand. <laughs> um, I'm something else, dude. I'm like B B or something. B B B double B. Boudreaux. BB eight. <laughs> <laughs> this uh this hockey forum I used to be a member of way back in the day, back in like oh four, oh five. What, back when he was with the Caps and always losing with the Caps, we started calling him Boo Hoodro. <laughs> I can say that. In the postseason. <laughs> Boo Hoodro, I like that. Hopefully hopefully we don't, uh, you know, see a bunch of Minnesota Twitter account spot uh, pop up about Boo Hoodro and hope how badly they're doing. So, um, but anyway, so new new Bahudro come in, and uh, and what about our what about our the rest of our staff? Uh, the our last year staff coaching staff obviously Mike goes out, uh, and Torchetti is out. Uh, who's left, <laughs> and when are, when are they? How long are they uh, looking at the clock or checking their emails or whatever? Uh, doubles. What do you think? Ah, well, they will probably. Probably decide. Actually, I, I would speculate that they've probably already decided. Um, you know, fortunately, uh, they didn't wait until Friday night until most <laughs> of the working press had gone home to uh, announce their scorched earth policy the way the uh, Timberwolves did with their existing staff. Um, I don't know. I guess. Uh, It'll be interesting. I'm sure there'll be a huge reaction if they announce that Bruno is no longer part of the staff. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, Twitter will blow up about how the wild power play hills are suddenly going to be fixed now, even yeah. though uh, even though action still has to be taking place. But uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Now, um, one thing that I had wondered when they hired Boudreaux. I mean, typically the new coach comes in, and typically when somebody comes with the cachet that Pedro did in this case, they typically get carte blanche to hire their own assistants. And uh, I found it interesting that, uh, I mean, my first thought was, okay, who were Boudreaux's assistants in Anaheim? And, you know, knowing the old boy network that exists in the NHL, and I figured that those guys would probably come out here with them uh, until I figured out that Bob Murray had shit-canned all of Boudreaux's assistants the year before and brought in his own. So uh, interesting to me that Boudreaux um, had his last assistants appointed for him. Yeah. And uh, we'll kind of see see how this goes uh See what that's him really and Fletcher decided like, on uh, probably tomorrow. Well, that think happen that, a lot? No. Um, and you got to think, think that's that, a huge think piece of him. Whatever job he took, I'm sure that was part of the discussion. You think? I would agree. I would. I, I can't imagine. Uh, I, that sounds so rare to me that uh, unless things were going real wrong like that, that uh, GM would pick your uh, head coaches, assistant coaches. But that seems just crazy and almost damn near insulting to me. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of times, I think it's interesting that Boudreaux stayed on under those conditions because I think a lot of times when that happens, that's kind of the, that's kind of the last line of defense a head coach has before he's the next one to go, which obviously was the case in Anaheim. 
But I think a lot of times when it gets to that point, I think there's a real honest discussion that happens. And I think more often than not, the coach says, you know what, you're going to send my guys down the river, I'm going down with them. So, yeah, um, yeah it would be interesting to see uh, how, how Fletcher uh, goes forward with that. So, but, Carney, but it, also in that vein, the timing is good that all of, I believe all the wild assistants coaches, yeah. I believe almost all their contracts are up with maybe the possible exception of Darby. Little neck bolts. Fire, fire bad. Because <laughs> he looks like Frankenstein, guys, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> well, John, anyway. Elway. John Elway thinks he has a long time. Yeah, John Horsey's killer. Um, so, Carney, Carney is, is, is Bruno going to be the most surprised person in Minnesota if he doesn't get fired? Um, I asked because my, my uh, lasting stigma, the, you know, whatever that sticks around with me, is, is that power play was quite often quite bad. I know it, the numbers probably evened out at least somewhat, but at, at times it was, it was atrocious. Um, what do you think, what do you think on, uh, Bruno or any of the uh, existing coaching staff, uh, what are their chances and when are they going to hear it? <laughs> well, it's, it's common knowledge that Bruno was in charge. You know, he, the, the power play, he was the power play coach. He was in charge of running the power play. But to a certain extent, at what point, you know, was he being listened to? Was his suggestions yeah. being followed? Was it under Mike Yo, where the power play was just psychotically awful? I mean, catastrophically bad. Or was it under, uh, under Torchetti where, it was surprisingly good. And like you said, it did balance out over the, over the course of the season. But, you know, is this just suffering from small sample sizes, you know, taking a snapshot of this and a snapshot of that, comparing the two and saying, Oh, something changed. Maybe yeah. nothing had changed. and It was just luck. Yeah. Um, but to, to an extent, I mean, uh, Bruno's an assistant coach. To what extent is he being listened to? Is he, you know, is he running the show completely on that power play or is, he giving up these uh, suggestions to Mike Yo and John Torchetti, and they're going, mm, nah, and going their own direction. Yeah. Uh, if it was any fan on the planet, there is no way that Ryan Suter would have been on the power play for ever. Period. It, it just he's got no shot. He doesn't move the puck all that well. He's steady on it. He's good at the blue line for preventing bad things from happening, but. <laughs> On the power play, he's he doesn't have a shot that's worth a shit. He doesn't really move the puck all that great. The power play was stagnant. The, everybody stood around and just stood there yeah. and sort of kicked the puck back and forth like a bunch of kindergartners. Uh, uh, and I don't, I've never played hockey. Never played it. Can't skate for shit. Uh, but <laughs> I could probably move the puck faster than the Minnesota Wild power play did, both when it was good and bad. <laughs> so it's 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 disturbingly bad uh but it, how much of that is bruno how much of that was mikey owen and john torchetti uh, we don't really know personally I, I would, uh, go ahead personally i want to see the house that the house that jock built gone i want Brudreau to have full reign yeah. bombardier gone park um, <laughs> yeah bombardier. he's in charge he's in charge of uh, player development yeah how good yeah, everyone has been at that Wholesale, a wholesale coaching change. Yeah, you're asking for it. You heard it here for her first focus. <laughs> the video guy, the video guy's assistant, everyone. 
<laughs> all of them. Get them all gone. <laughs> it's, uh, well, to, I'll, I'll say one thing to be fair to Bruno uh, is that when this team quit, uh, they you know they quit in every aspect of the game, um, whether it's five on five power play, whatever PK, anything. Uh, when they decided to quit, I should say so. Um, but yeah, I, you know maybe it, maybe it does support that you know under Torchetti they they were doing fine. So if if Bruno was uh, you know really manning the, the power play during Torchetti as well as the same fucking players that were playing, so maybe it's maybe a lot of it is on on the, those players too. But anyone want to jump in on that, Nick? I think we went around to you, or at least you jumped in a little bit on the current coaching staff. Anything to add? How, how about Daryl Sador? Yeah, Daryl Sador. <laughs> I would just say, I mean, look, I, I would just say, look, if we're if we're making a change, let's let's just do it, right? I mean, if, if we're accepting that last year didn't work, and that's why we have Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux here, then if he, if he's got a notion about coaching and systems and power play and penalty kill and whatever, then then let him let him try it. I mean, I don't I don't I don't know what the downside is to that, you know, and and I I will always remember Bruno being the guy who scored the great goal and you know, great quote and this and that and whatever. But if, if if he ends up being a casualty of this along with everybody else, then I don't really have a problem with that because last year was not acceptable. Right. I would also also add, too, that what, what will be interesting is that, like I think like we talked about last time, is that Boudreaux doesn't have that reputation to be a system sort of guy, more of a motivator. And so... If if our systems didn't quite work very well last year, why would you know why would he stick with with that? Whereas maybe you know find some help elsewhere with with the system work. So fresh change may be a coming. Um, so moving on, good good conversations. Uh, moving on, everyone can go get a beer now. Uh, I'd like to move into the new segment of uh, of a story time with doubles. Although this one might be a little bit more angsty if if uh, if our warning was anything uh, anything. Uh, truthful at all, so Doubles, what do you got for us uh, for story time with Doubles? Uh, well, I've heard uh, a couple of times uh, since Bruce Boudreaux's hiring, um, you know, a lot of hearkening back to Boudreaux coming full circle because he signed uh, his first professional contract with the St. Paul Saints. Dude, and... hell! I tried to fit that in there, sorry. All right, thanks, nice. <laughs> and uh, Brian Murphy from the Pioneer Press uh, wrote a pretty interesting article where he got some quotes from Boudreaux, and he also looked back and took some uh, material that Boudreaux wrote in his biography, his autobiography, I guess, as it were. And um, which is great. Lou Nanny, Lou Nanny was on 1500 ESPN Radio with uh, Judd and Mackey this last week. And also, uh, Louis touched on the topic of hazing, as did uh, Bruce huh. Boudreaux. And uh, Murphy's Murphy's article in the section on hazing was flat-out disturbing to me. Um, and Louis pretty much confirmed as much um, when he first got with the North Stars, um, shaving... Body shaving seems to seem to be a, a thing uh, as it relates to hazing. And Louis said when he got shaved, they used they loosen they somehow loosened the razor blade 
<laughs> and shaved him from neck to nuts. <laughs> and he said, "I'm, sorry, I'm laughing, stayed... but <laughs> you're laughing with Louie." <laughs> I think so. And Louis said the cuts. He said he had cuts all over his body, and they were so bad that he had to be wrapped up in gauze for his next several games before he put his, uh, before he put his uh, underlayers on before the game. Good lord. <laughs> and Boudreaux mentioned that Bill Butters, who played for the University of Minnesota, uh, played for the Fighting Saints, um, he kind of spearheaded the hazing of Boudreaux, which included the veteran shaving his head and crotch. And after they shaved him and cut him all up in the process, they poured turpentine and smeared tar <laughs> into the cuts. Oh, God. And Murphy further, Murphy further writes, they also glued his armpits <laughs> and a trainer rescued the weeping rookie and brought him to the hospital. Oh, Lord. Okay. Um, That's unreal. From, when I look at my experiences in hazing, which is now strictly frowned upon um, pretty much universally, whether it's at the high school level, the college level, the professional level, um, my experiences with hazing were pretty much in baseball in high school and uh, just being a freshman at my high school. Um, hazing involved having to carry the seniors' books to their class. They had bleaching their hair. In baseball, it involved having to pack up the gear and carry it from the school to the field pack it up and carry it back. Um, I guess I'm probably lucky probably lucky in the respect that I didn't have to put up with what uh, a lot of other people did, but at the same time, to me, that's to me, I don't what I went through is what I was facing. Somebody in a parking garage? I slept that for a cigarette, sorry. <laughs> What uh, what those guys went through was not hazing, but rather criminal activity. So that's, that's absolutely sure. appalling, and uh, I, I hope it has no place in the game any longer. Good Lord. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, you got anything lighter, Doubles? Anything lighter than that? Yeah. How, how, what, what do you think of the playoffs so far? <laughs> um, you know, I've enjoyed the playoffs so far. Um the thing that I've kind of come back to right now, um, kind of the same as previous years, is like, man, how how far the wild really are from teams that are playing at the highest level at this point in the season. Yeah. Um, I mean, all four of these teams are bringing it right now, and the wild are, are a long ways off from getting to that point. Um, the biggest thing that I've seen this year in the playoffs is there is just zero carryover and momentum from game to game. Like whatever happened the previous game means absolutely nothing once the next game starts. And I've, I've found that kind of interesting this year. This deep in the playoffs, there's uh, nobody running away with it. And that's, that's, that's what you kind of want to want to see a lot of back and forth series rather than, you know, somebody getting down 3-0. That, yeah, that's what I want to see anyway. I want, yeah, I, I 
completely agree. Love love that uh, goes out the window after game, that game, and the next game starts, and it's a completely different war. One, um, one other thing. One other thing yeah. that I want to that I want to do a mini rant on as it relates to this year's this, as it relates to this year's playoffs. Um, revisionist Wild fans. If Brent Burns was anywhere nearly as good when he was with the Wild as he yes. is now with San Jose, they sure as hell wouldn't have traded him. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Also, I mean, we can just hope that Coyle uh, keeps improving. Otherwise, uh, it's not looking like a <laughs> a good guy to get rid of. Correct. Also, Kyle Brodziak last night <laughs> did not morph into yeah. an elite level <laughs> sniper last night. Pavel <laughs> That's because he was not, aiming uh, at a barn that was in this audience. So let's let's not go overboard yeah. with the Jesus H. Why didn't we? Why did we let Brodziak go? Yeah, yeah. I saw a lot of that last I, night. I, I yeah. was on I was on that train. Um, actually, I was more so on the path of okay, and this was when they decided to part ways with him. I was definitely of the mind that hey, this guy is going to be missed a lot more than people think. But the reasons were not for a couple of the snipes that he pulled off last night. Um, the reason that the Wild missed Brodziak badly this last year, in my opinion, is the is due to the uh, penalty kill going from a perennial top five position in the league, and I believe they were fourth overall last year, if not first, um, falling from that position all the way down to 27th in the league this year. And also uh, the wild third and fourth lines, which traditionally, um, not traditionally, but Brodziak brought a lot of energy to the third and fourth lines for the Wild. And this year, that was something that they definitely lacked. Yeah. So, Where are the rest of you guys on, uh, on Brodziak, Justin? Uh, you're an old, old, uh, old Wild uh, fan, so, and I just mean Wild fan for a long time. Where are you on the, the Brodziak situation? Uh, I think they uh, they replaced him with Jared Stahl, and they're basically identical players. So, if you want to know what Brad Jack would have been like with the Wild this year if he'd stayed, look at Jared Stahl. you got the exact same thing. It, it, it's that simple. It, he was replaced, and he's just not that great of a player. Like uh, you know, like he was saying, it's not like he just suddenly morphed into an elite-level sniper. He finally just got lucky he and it balanced out. <laughs> he didn't fall he had, when he was on his breakaway. Including those two goals last night, he had nine on the season. Nine. Uh, that's yeah. That's it. Let's go crazy and <clears throat> we get him back. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Rather not. Uh, he, he, before heading into final thoughts, Nick, you you got any uh, anything to add to Double's half an hour rant there? Nope. <laughs> All right. In that case, uh, while we go to our esteemed guest, Justin Drunken Carney. Uh, for your final thoughts, uh, what are you what are you thinking at the end of this episode, and uh, looking looking into the future here for the Wild? I think uh, they're in a tough spot. Fletcher's in a tough spot. Boudreaux, he 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 got a saving grace, and Boudreaux decided to come to Minnesota. Honestly, um, you know, it was either Boudreaux or he's basically sunk because he wasn't going to get a better coach. 
and that would have been his uh, last season coming up this year, you know, coming up for 16-17. Uh, otherwise, uh, looking at the cap situation and whatnot, they're wild are tight against the cap, but playing around with general manager and whatnot, maybe they're not as bad off. It's not as doom and gloom as we've been, uh, you know, as they've been painted on Twitter, at least in, not in wild Twitter anyhow. But they got to make uh, some smart moves. They do have to get that center, and they might have to unload a defenseman and maybe a goalie to get one. But that's pretty much where they're at. Shit, they've always been looking for that center uh, since day <laughs> one. So, uh, Nick, final thoughts. What are you, what are you, uh, what are you thinking? Uh, I just uh, I want to sh- I want to send a shout out to the people over at PrideTape.com. P-R-I-D-E-T-A-P-E.com. These guys uh, make uh, rainbow-colored hockey tape that they sell. Uh, you can buy individual rolls or team packs and a bunch of different things. Uh, and uh, the proceeds of the sale of their tape uh, go to support uh, organizations like YouCanPlay.org and things like that. Uh, they've got some publicity heretofore with the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, I participated in their Kickstarter few months ago and I just got my three, roll, three rolls of pride tape and I can't wait to get them on my sticks and uh, get out on the ice with them. Uh, so check it out, pridetape.com at pride tape on Twitter. There's probably a Facebook page and all the other kind of shit that goes along with that, but um, pretty cool stuff. It looks good and uh, supports a pretty cool cause too. So that's my, that's my final thought. I'm going to get a roll just to get my, my, my spectacles when they break. Cause that's bound to happen. <laughs> Doubles, what do you got for a final thought? Something cheery, Jesus Christ. I talk, Not? Mason. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have the floor, please? Yeah, it's, all, it's all you, buddy. All, all right, thank you. Uh, my final thought is Fletcher is going to make at least one uh, attempted uh, big trade this summer. Um I I've heard the name Nail Yakupov thrown about um loosely and uh it was interesting to hear the uh coach of the Russian World Championship team this year um just today I believe he said Yakupov's exclusion from the Team Russia World Championship team um this spring was quote addition by subtraction so Oof. Yeah. Um, hopefully, uh, Chuck Fletcher and Brent Flair have uh, taken that under advisement. Um, if not, as avid listeners of our podcast, they know where they can find us to uh, call us and uh, get a hold of us to confer with how they decide to proceed uh, going forward this summer. I thought they bandied his name around uh, even this year at free agency, did they not? Yeah, yeah they did. Ugh, yeah. gross. Apparently he hasn't learned any defense in Edmonton. No no big surprise there for a, from a team that fucking only drafts uh, forwards. So. Um, my, I, think, I think it's my turn. Um, my final thought, I, I suppose, is that we've got a long fucking summer ahead of us. Uh, and we'll be looking for any little snippet of news to brighten our dreary, dreary days. Um, but I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on the the side of uh, positivity here and hope that, 
hope that thing that this next year is really truly a, a clean slate for everybody, including the new coach that that came in. Um, so I don't know. Other, other than that, um, you know, just happy to get on another call with uh, some some old uh, regulars and uh, want to send a special shout out to Justin uh, Drunken Carney for for joining us tonight. Uh, you can catch all his F-bombs at at Drunken Carney, so make sure you give him a follow too. You're probably already following him, though, if you're following any of us assholes, so, you know, <laughs> there that is. But for Drunken Carney, for Nick in New York, and for Doubles, this is Mason signing off on the 5-Minute Major. Thanks for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.